to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or who are searching for a better way to live. In this series, Parables and Object Lessons, you'll learn how and why Jesus used the physical world to introduce the spiritual world to his disciples and how the laws of nature relate to the Bible. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from their out-of-control lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. Now here's Rich and Susan with Solutions for Freedom on Freedom to Choose. Hello everyone, my name is Rich Kallenberg. And my name is Susan Kallenberg. And welcome once again to Freedom to Choose, uh, Parables and Object Lessons, and this is program number 25 from that series, Parables and Object Lessons. And you know, you can go on our website and you can um, check out many of our series. Uh, we've had, well, I don't know, what do we have, seven or eight series on there now? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah. It's so a this... place to get, uh, to contact us for prayer or resources or um, yeah. yeah, just a lot of information. Now. Yeah, we have, so you can, you can get some books online there from us also. Uh, could it be this simple, The Way Out of Your Prison? is our, our new workbook that we've got out. And uh, yeah, there's some other stop, uh, stuff on there. So um, before we get going, Susan, would you open with a word of prayer? Yes, Heavenly Father, we thank you again for another opportunity to open your word and to discuss um, your principles of life and how you've designed everything to work in harmony and um, under the principle of love. And we thank you for those concepts and for showing us how to how to act, and how to respond to your calling. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You know, last time we talked about the gospel feast and how Jesus had invited some people and then, you know, they decided not to come. They were too busy. They had the busies. Mm-hmm. And so then uh, he sent them out to the highways and the hedges, you know. And, uh, and uh, something that Jesus said once, I think it might have been it, the feast at Simon's house when he says he was forgiven much loves much, mm-hmm. you know? And so our, our topic today is going to be forgiveness and it's based on Matthew chapter 18 verses 21 through 35. And it, uh, t- we're going to talk today about forgiveness, which is really, really important in so many ways, of course, as, as we all know, but, uh, I kind of want to look at this parable. Uh, Susan, would you, uh, would you read this for us, please? Sure. Uh, So it's Matthew 18, 21 through 35. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, if my brother keeps on sinning against me, how many times do I have to forgive him? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus answered, but 70 times seven, because the kingdom of God is like this. Once there was a king who decided to check on his servants' accounts. He had just begun to do so when one of them was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. The servant did not have enough to pay his debt, so the king ordered him to be sold as a slave with his wife and his children and all that he had in order to pay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before the king. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay you everything. The king felt sorry for him, so he forgave him the debt and let him go. Then the man went out and met one of his fellow servants who owed him a few dollars. He grabbed him and he started choking him. Pay back what you owe me, he said. 
His fellow, fellow servant fell down and begged him, Be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he had him thrown into jail until he should pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were very upset and went to the king and told him everything. So he called the servant in. He said, You worth, 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 worthless slave. He said, I forgave you the whole amount you owed me just because you asked me to. You should have had mercy on your fellow servant, just as I had mercy on you. The king was very angry, and he sent the servant to jail to be punished until he should pay back the whole amount. And Jesus concluded, That is how my Father in heaven will treat every one of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. Okay, thanks. Now remember, this is a parable. You Just like uh, the title of our series, Parables and Object Lessons, this is a parable. What reality is the story pointing to? And we can ask the question, what is the debt? The debt is the damage we've done. We can't change history. We can't simply wipe it out of our minds and the people's minds who we've harmed. And so we ask for forgiveness. See, we can't save ourselves from the torment that comes from living with our past without forgiveness. This is the reason Jesus came into the world clothed his divinity with humanity, and gave his life, the just for the unjust. Psalms 130, verse 7, says, With the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption. He gave his life to show that he can be trusted, to show that no matter what, he won't retaliate. So that's interesting when you say, you know, what is the debt? And that debt, it's not about money. No. Right. It's about you know, why Why did we go and ask for forgiveness? It's about things that can't be changed. Can't be changed. Right, and things that you can't, that you can't even put an amount of money on the nope. damage that we've done throughout our lives. Right. So that's interesting. So here's why we should exercise compassion toward our brothers and sisters. If God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Freely we have received, Jesus says, freely give. And see, the context of that is freely you've received forgiveness. Right. So freely give. Right. In the parable, when the debtor pleaded for delay with the promise, be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay you everything, there was a problem. He didn't have the ability to pay. It's the same problem with us. We don't have the ability to change history. And as a matter of fact, neither will God. You know, that would be evidence tampering, if you will. Right. History is the evidence of how God has worked in everyone's life. And you, and when you look at the history of those people in the Bible, they've got a pretty shaky history, and God has gone through, and he has helped every one of them through their issues. But, and the thing is, too, and, is that he, they're all laid out there for all of us to see. For all of us to see. It's right. history, and it's right. all, it's evidence, and right. God doesn't evidence tamper. And so it's interesting. It's not evidence for us to go back and to make fun of David or no. to make fun of Solomon. It's evidence for us to see how God— How God worked in their lives. Right, how God was able, with a cooperation with those individuals, able to change a liar, a cheater, and a killer into somebody that was right exactly exactly so god will help us learn from our mistakes just like those in the stories and and it's first he starts out by helping us to receive his forgiveness to receive it Mm -hmm. we don't actually learn from our mistakes and i want to get into this a little bit later but we don't learn from our mistakes we learn from properly living with and dealing with the consequences of our mistakes 
that's what helps us through. And a little bit later on, we'll we'll, we'll talk, we'll, we'll extrapolate on that a little bit more. But part of that requires us to gain the ability to forgive others. For when we forgive, forgive, we are simply extending to others the same treatment that we've been begging for for ourselves. Right, because the story is illustrates that there's a danger in harboring an unforgiving spirit. We can actually become blind to the fact that we don't love our neighbors. And it's, you see that because he went out, the guy goes out, and it's and and basically doesn't see that the other guy wants the same thing he does. Right, he's and, blind to that right. fact. And so, after going through the experience of being forgiven for so much and having that relief and everything, he he doesn't want to extend that same right. It sin changes you. Right. See. We don't want for them what we so desperately need for ourselves. In the story, the whole debt was canceled. Then the man was given an opportunity to follow the example of the master who had forgiven him. Going out, he met a fellow servant who owed him a small sum. He'd been forgiven millions. The debtor owed him a few bucks. But even though he had been treated with mercy, he dealt with his friend in a totally different way. Right. You know, the other reality that this points to, and it might be one of the most important points of the story, is that we have a tendency to minimize the damage that we've done to others, all the while condemning the small things that others have done as much bigger than our own mistakes. So being able to put a spotlight on somebody else to take it off of us. What did Adam do in the garden? Right. Hey, don't look at me. Right. Look at the woman that you gave me. Mm -hmm. He's blaming everybody in the room but himself. Right. This is our tendency, right? Mm-hmm. And I think this is what's really illustrated good in the parable is that our debt is great because mm-hmm. our debt. Right. We're, we're not out here to count other people's debt. Right. We're, it's, that's not our job. Our not, job is not to take their inventory. It's to take our inventory. And so what do you mean by take our inventory? Our inventory is you look, you, you look and you see how you've treated other people in, a, in an objective. And, not, right. Objective, in an honest way. An honest way. Right. Right, in a completely honest way, which is hard to do. Mm-hmm. You know, to see your patterns of your life and 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 you how know, you've treated how you've people, treated how people, do you respond what, to what things. is what does it look like from that third point of view? Right, not my point of view, not their point of view, but that third point of view, the truth. Right, you know what I'm saying? And there's there's some things we just can't fix, but we think we can, and I, I think this is this is what happens, and I think. This is maybe one of the reasons people come, uh, of, of, of a lot of reasons, that people become addicts. See, we're trying to think our way through our lives to fix our mistakes. But those things that we've done are history, and we can't change them. And so then when we fail, we become discouraged, we fall deeper. But when we realize how big our problem is and that we can't fix it and that we can't change history, then, and only then, we can get help. Then we see how sick we really are. When we realize those around us are also sick, just like we are, and part of our healing comes in having sympathy for them and extending to them the same courtesy, the same measure, if you will, of forgiveness to them as we have received. That's when the healing comes. That's mm-hmm. a part of healing is being able to see somebody with the same the same stuff going on between their ears as I got and I have and, and I can sympathize with them because God has helped me through it. Right. You know? Right. Well, when the debtor pleaded with the his master for mercy, he had no true sense of the greatness of his debt. 
he didn't realize how helpless he, he truly was when he said, have patience with me and I will pay back everything. Yeah, you know, that's interesting because it's it almost sounds like, you know, hey, God, have patience with me. I'm going to go back and change history. Right. You that's, know, that's how, yeah. That, that's, I don't think we understand or grasp that. Just because it was yesterday, it still happened. Mm-hmm. And it did damage to me and it did damage to whoever else I harmed, mm-hmm. you know. There's so many of us who try by our own works to earn God's favor. And I don't think we realize our helplessness. We can't, we, you know, we can actually lose the ability to accept the grace of God as a free gift by trying to fix things. Or not even trying to fix things ourselves, but just keeping such a close eye on all the good that we're doing just so we can feel good about ourselves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and for me, I like to remember, the man of faith has his eyes on Jesus, not on himself. You right. Know? Trying to impress God and the people around you is really dangerous stuff. It's unhealthy, and it changes you. It does, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Did Opie ever get you in trouble before? You mean other people? Other people. I, well, only when I listen to them. And when do you listen to them? When I'm trying to impress them. Exactly. And so we get into trouble. Op- Opie, if, if we allow Opie, other people to dictate what's going on with us. Right. I think that there's so much, um, so many times in our life that, um, you know, we can get into clicks and that can kind of get us off track because we're trying to impress other people. Other people, yeah. No matter, no matter what it may be. And then, and then we become a group unto ourselves and we kind of lose track of the bigger picture of things. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You become a, a, everybody kind of can get together and all have the same mindset and be exclusive. You know, the, the Pharisees right. did that. Mm-hmm. They became exclusive. And I think that was the one of the most ideal things about Jesus is that he came and he demonstrated in the things that he did, not what he said, but the things that he did, that he was uh, a non-exclusive person. He went and he met um, everybody from lepers to blind men to women who were prostitutes to Samaritans. I mean, he just... It was pretty inclusive, he, wasn't right, he? He included everybody, even the Pharisees who were trying to trap him and to get into trouble. He still engaged with them in trying to demonstrate to them the true character of, of what, you know, God is supposed to be and how God is forgiving. But if, but if we don't demonstrate in our, whole, in our own lives that we've experienced that forgiveness and understand it by forgiving others, then we lose out on that whole lesson. Yeah. Yeah, because just like Jesus, uh, uh, just like Peter said, God is not willing that any should perish. Mm-hmm. And Jesus went around acting like that. He was right. not willing that. Remember, even even the Pharisee says, boy, if I could gather you like a hen gathers her chicks but you under my wings, but you won't have me. Mm-hmm. He's not willing that any should perish. He's all-inclusive. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in the, in the previous uh, program that we did about the highways and hedges, how he had... You know, he'd invite certain people, and they didn't want to come. He says, well, go over here and invite them. And some of them came, well, go over here, and now there's still room. There's still room. He's all-inclusive. Mm-hmm. He's not exclusive. But we we have a tendency to get in our groups because they're comfortable. They, they believe the same thing we believe. And the next thing you know, we get more and more exclusive. And and, and uh, It becomes comfortable, I it think. It becomes comfortable, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. And then there's another thing, too, that I kind of wanted to touch on because— um, 
we have a tendency to want to impress God because maybe deep down in our hearts we think that uh, that He's going to punish us for our wrongdoing. And uh, if you if if God is going to do that, the natural inclination is to be the best little boy or, or girl you can do to avoid that punishment. Hmm. And being good to avoid pun- punishment, of course, is very prim- primitive. That's how you you train a dog, isn't it? Mm. Um, God wants us to be afraid of sin, not him. Don't blame the doctor for, you know, your arthritis, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Go to the doctor to get it healed. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Mm -hmm. You know, the arthritis is problem, not the doctor. Right. And, and I think we've, we've, we turn God into the problem and not, not the sin. The sin is the right. problem. So we avoid the, the one true doctor that can truly come in and, and heal our minds right. because we're afraid of him. And so our disease, which is sin, continues to rage on because we're afraid to go to the doctor, the one only, the only thing, the only being that can cure us of that sin and that can relieve us from that pain. Mm-hmm. And so we place ourselves in in the place of God saying, we know better. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go do this and do that. But instead of going straight to the one who can truly heal your soul, mm-hmm. um, you know, we say, well, if I just do this, I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Running around trying to do just good deeds or... To numb the pain. Right. Or to do things to numb the pain. Yeah. yeah. Or to do the things to, like we was talking about earlier to... to uh impress God or impress mm-hmm. people around us or whatever. It's just our ego can really trick us into into the things. Yeah, there was a time when I was, um, you know, I was I was young in the faith and I belonged to this organization. It was like, but if you if you just do this and if you just do, you know, jobs that were mm-hmm. um, that needed to be filled, positions mm-hmm. that needed to be filled in the church. And it's not that I didn't want to, but it got to the point where I did everything that everybody asked me. But you weren't yourself. But I wasn't myself, and it, was, it wasn't things that I knew. You know, I knew that it wasn't something that I enjoyed doing, but I just did it because I didn't want to say no. Yeah, and it wasn't, isn't that how you were your whole life? Right. See, that's the thing. It doesn't change. If nothing changes, nothing changes, mm-hmm. right? So we went from uh, not saying no to someone— about a bag or a bottle mm-hmm. to entering a church organization and not saying no to be accepted into that group. Right. You know, it's nothing changes. See, right. it's, it's a uh, human condition is interesting. So when we want to, so when we say we know better, mm-hmm. in other words, when we want to leave the physician out of our lives and we mm-hmm. do it, we don't do it on purpose, but there are times when we're caught up in our own self-medication, which is, can be anything, right? Right. Alcohol comes in many forms, right? Gambling, shopping, mm-hmm. right? And when we're saying that's where we want to go, rather than to God, we're telling God actually to let us go. We know better, and that we want to do things our way. Mm-hmm. Well, when God lets His children go, when He lets them have their own way, and He no longer co-signs their stuff, no longer protects them, the consequences are unspeakable. The unspeakable things that happen to us on this dangerous planet are not a result of the actions of an angry God, but are the results of God honoring our choices to leave him out of our lives. Read Romans chapter 1. It talks about the wrath of God and how he lets these people go to have their own ways, and they basically turned into animals. 
Right. You know? And that's where God honored their choices. Right. And that's what happened with Adam. You know, he listened to the enemy for, for instruction and he became ashamed and afraid. And that's the way we've been ever since. We're using that fig leaf to um, be able to fix our own problem, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and when we don't understand sin and what sin does to us, we become exacting and unforgiving towards others. And in other words, if if sin is simply breaking the rules, we start looking around to make sure everybody's not breaking the rules, you know, and we don't understand what sin really does to us. Uh, we always have that tendency to compare ourselves with others, try to make our, ourselves look better, but like the parable states, our own sins against God compared with our brothers against us is a million to one, yet we still dare to be unforgiving. Yeah. Sad. Yes, the man in the parable didn't exercise mercy in dealing with his fellow servant, he was pleaded with to be patient, just like he begged the master. And he didn't see the pain in the eyes of his brother. He didn't see the torment that it was caused when we feel we owe because we can't fix our problems. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of that comes from what we've done wrong we think is really not that bad. You know, mm. for years I couldn't be helped because I felt I really wasn't doing anything wrong. I really wasn't hurting anyone. Right. And I want to get back to something uh, that we talked about early because I think this is really important. We don't actually learn from our mistakes. We learn from properly living and dealing with the consequences of our mistake. What happens when we purposely take away the consequences of someone's actions? Susan, where would you be right now if there had been no consequences to your illegal drug use 23 years ago? I'm sure I would be dead. You'd be dead, Absolutely, right? absolutely. Because it became a point, and in, in, in you have to realize, I was 35 years old when I finally got clean and sober, and that happened when I was once again put into, arrested, and put into jail because I was incapable of making those correct decisions on my own. I had so much given myself over to drugs and alcohol and that way of life that I had lost my power of choice. So when the courts came in and I was arrested this last time and, um, you know, I had, my teeth were falling out, my hair was falling out, I mean, it, I was a mess, right? It, the only reason that I'm sitting in this chair today was because I was arrested and because I was there thrown in jail. There were consequences to your actions. Absolutely. And I think that you can see in our world today— that because we, the easiest thing for a human being is to just let it go. Take away those consequences. You take away those consequences, and this is the state of, of the, the, the world today. People just let themselves go, and they um, lose total um, conception of what they were, the, what they were created for. Mm-hmm. And so just— Could um, we say the image of God is— as- it's been obliterated all, in a lot of people. Absolutely, absolutely, um, and and it's really sad to see that. So let's get back to those consequences, because I think that uh, we can get confused. You know that God will discipline those who he loves. Yes. Uh, discipline's totally different than punishment. And uh, there was no better t- day, as I look back, than the day that I was arrested. Right, even though that day was, was horrible. Was the worst day was of a, my life, so, yeah, what, so I thought. The, so you thought it ended up being the best day yes, of your life, right? because I'm here today because of Because you're here today because yes. of that. And so you were disciplined, mm-hmm. right? You Correct. were disciplined by the authorities. God will let us suffer those consequences to our actions our, to discipline us. Right. Doesn't mean he's punishing us. Right. 
you weren't sentenced with punishment. You were sentenced with the sentence to serve, to discipline you, rehabilitation. Yes. Right? Yes. And so God will allow us to go through these things. He'll actually allow us to go through uh, the, and, and hopefully suffer those consequences and learn how to walk through them properly. You learned how to walk through those consequences properly. Yes. And therefore you were healed from a lot of the fears and the anxieties and the things and, in your and life. And I matured and because of matured it. And you matured because yes. of it. Now, I grew up. Now, if you up. take away that from your life, like you say, you'd probably be dead. You, or I'd just be a drug addict on the street. Uh, yeah, in worse shape than you can even imagine. Absolutely. Yeah, because you weren't in very good shape back then. No, anyway. I wasn't. No, <laughs> you weren't. Praise uh, God for all he's done. Yeah, so we're going to have to wrap things up here, folks. Uh Remember, you can get a hold of us, www.justasiamministries.com, or give us a call, 916-645-1297. We'd love to hear from you. You Just drop us a line, and we have resources available on our website. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle, and you have the freedom to choose. Do I love my neighbor? Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, possibly caught up in unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Collenberg, past addicts, are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple? The Way Out of Your Prison, please call 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.